Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast as well as day one of training camp. If you're listening to my podcast, do me a favor and subscribe as well. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube. And if you're watching us there, hit that like button. Again, hit that subscribe button. If you want to find us on YouTube, go to Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. It would be much appreciated. Well, today, again, it's the first day of training camp. This is also the start of my 28th season covering this franchise. I tweeted this out. It's kind of amazing. I've never covered an 11-win season, and I've covered more name changes in the last 15 years than playoff wins. Now, that also is very sad for you all because it means you haven't seen any of that in a long time. So I hope at some point you guys get your wish and finally see something that you can celebrate for a long time. This is also the episode number 399 of the John Conn Report, which means on Thursday after day two of training camp, it'll be episode number 400. So thank you very much for listening. And thanks to Bram Weinstein for actually convincing me to do this because I've enjoyed it and Bram has been a great producer. Now, enough of that. Let's get to the highlights from day one. Let's start. I'm going to check my notes at times, but let's start with quarterback Carson Wentz. Listen, we already know that he has a big arm, but sometimes when you watch a guy like that, you want to see what does he do to create more um, strength or, or movement on that ball or more power on those throws. And you look at his lower body, the leg strength that he uses, and the torque he generates with his hip movement. And the way he really kind of steps into his throws and get, you know, gets his body in his throws, not just an upper arm thrower. And you can see why that ball jumps out of there. And you can see, like, I was watching Taylor Heineke a little bit today with that to see because it's something he said he worked on to try. He knows he has to generate more arm strength. So he did work a lot on that hip movement in the offseason. And you could see some of that emphasis during the early part of the uh, pre, I guess, the warm-up drills where it's just the quarterbacks with the receivers, the quarterbacks with the backs, et cetera. But you can really see the ball, why, you know, how the ball jumps out of Wentz's hands and the power that he generates with that lower body. He's a big guy, so he's just bigger naturally, but he's, he's, got, that, he's got a lot of power to throw with that. So that's one thing. And then there was also, it was also interesting to hear what teammates had to say about working with Wentz or about his presence here. And I asked uh, defensive tackle John Allen what that means for him and for them. Defensively, it just means, hey, having a guy like that, you have to get the ball back more to give him more chances. But the other thing I asked, when a guy comes in with the kind of notoriety that, that Wentz does, what do you look for? Do you have any questions about him? He said all he can do. And this is one thing that I think people can appreciate with Allen. I think he truly, he doesn't just say this. I think he lives it, is he only go, he goes by what, is, what he sees this person do. It's the same approach he took with the Jack Del Rio and the comments in the spring. I'm not comparing Del Rio and Wentz, but just the situations where, you know, I'm going to judge this guy by what I see and how he reacts with, interacts with me. So he said with Wentz, what is, what jumped out to him is the way he's come in and worked. And that's why, you know, he's, he's seen him evolve. He said on the field, that's why he doesn't have any questions about him. He said, he's exactly what they want in the quarterback. And there's no doubt about what he feels like Wentz can do. And then you talk to Terry McLaurin and I asked him about Wentz and he just said it was, the funny thing is like, sometimes guys go right to little things. And for McLaurin, it was about how he handles himself in the huddle, the way he calls the plays, the confidence that he gives guys 
based on the way he calls the plays. And that's something that, you know, it, it can't be underscored. Now, there's a lot that goes on after you call the play in the huddle, but you better be able to deliver the, that call in the huddle at a, at a, at, you know, in a good way, in a strong way. Ryan Fitzpatrick did that well. Alex Smith, of course, did that well. It's not just something that Carson, oh, my God, that's a new thing. But it is something that when I asked McLaurin, that's one of the first things he said was exactly that. So now with McLaurin and Wentz, we did see maybe one of the best throws or the best plays of the day for the offense. Wasn't it? Let me let me say this. It wasn't a great practice overall. Rivera called Ron Rivera called it a sloppy practice. And I would tend to agree, you know, it's first day back out, but still wasn't their best showing. But on this play, it was approximately about a 40-yard game. We saw the arm strength of Wentz. And we saw McLaurin getting open with a really nice move. Gets Bobby McCain was too deep safety. Stays a little bit inside because of how McLaurin was running his route. McLaurin cuts back out. Ball is right there. An open throw for Wentz and just a really nice route by McLaurin. But I also highlight that play because of what it did for McCain. So after the play, or after the play, defensive backs coach Chris Harris told McCain, on this route combination, you've got to work to stay outside because that's where they're going to go with the ball. You've got to work to stay outside. So, and so after that series, there was one more play in the series. After that series, McCain, Harris called McCain over to him, talked to him some more, went over this again. Then the next time there was a similar situation practice later in the practice, there was a throw that where Wentz was looking down the field, this time to the other side of the field. But because of the way McCain handled the play, Wentz could not throw deep. In fact, he had to throw it to a check down, would he gain maybe a couple yards. Just a nice play by the defensive backs for McCain in general. So after that play, Harris shouts out to McCain, thank you, McCain, McCain, thank you, thank you, thank you. Kept repeating it. As you know, Harris is a pretty excitable guy, and it's funny because one of the um, one of the staff members here said that he wishes he had that kind of could wake up with that kind of energy every day. But it is something that I think that it's noticeable, and um, Harris is very good at telling those guys what they have to do. But then when they do it, he is all over it and with the praise, etc. So let's look at now. Let's go to the Buffalo nickel rotation. That's kind of a big. Big question mark here, of course. So the way it was today was Derek Forrest and then um, rookie Percy Butler, who were working as the third safety, not necessarily as the Buffalo nickel all the time. A lot of time, that's going to be Cam Curl. He can drop down to that role while the other two play maybe in the back with um, Bobby McCain. Now, it was, there were times where Butler would rotate up, would be up in that Buffalo nickel spot. Also, when they weren't in the three safety look, it was Benjamin St. Juice in that third nickel spot. As far there were, there was one time where Forrest did take a deep ball away, and when he was back in the two deep, another time Butler, when he was up in the Buffalo nickel, one of the things that Harris wanted to do was to um, be a little bit more patient before you turn. If a guy leaves your zone, before you get out of that, before you drop a little bit more, and. You know, again, this is a time to learn and to grow, et cetera. And that's one of the things that he wanted Butler to do. And, and the funny thing or the nice thing is for Butler is one play later, there was a tight end in his zone. Tight end starts to go. He sits and he was very patient. And because of that, he took a throw away from the quarterback. As far as St. Juice, again, working as that third corner, very patient kid, um, covered a couple different receivers in the slot, different styles, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. 
Also covered some tight ends there. Now, when they threw the tight end inside, that was a, that would they they ran the bubble off them. But the other, I like watching him against these guys because he against Samuel, for example, he showed very patient feet, and Samuel gave him a little bit of move, tried to get deep, could not get there because St. Juice matched him against Dotson. He, Dotson gave him a look like he was going to go down the field too. So St. Juice kind of turns his hips, and that's when Dotson turns, comes back for the ball for completion. Just a nice route by by Dodson. Dodson, by the way, and I really enjoy watching him catch the ball. I, I tweeted this out, but he has very quiet hands. He's just a smooth catcher with the, with his hands. And so I think that's something that you're going to see once you get a chance to watch him more on TV. All right. Speaking of receivers, Deami Brown. This is where that speed is going to come in handy, I think. Not just on the deep ball. It's going to be on a lot of that shallow underneath stuff. Now, there, and we saw that with Brown today. There was one route where Heineke drops back, nothing open deep. You get to the underneath with Brown cutting across field, turns the corner by several yards against David Mayo. And I know you can laugh. Oh, it's David Mayo. David Mayo is a well, is a backup here, of course. But you're going to get guys like David Mayo in this league that you're going to face. So it's not like he's a guy that's going to be out of league. He will be a guy in the league that you may face at some point. And Brown does a nice job getting around and creating separation with that speed. And it would have been a nice gain. And he caught the ball. It would have been a nice long gain because of that. That's where I think you're going to see the speed, not just down the field deep, but underneath. You're going to scare them. In theory, on paper, they want to scare teams deep and get to that underneath stuff as well, where you're going to create gaps that a guy like that can run. It's also incumbent upon the underneath coverage to handle that well. And that's one thing that St. Juiced and Cole Holcomb did earlier in the practice before that Brown route. There was, let me see what happened. There was, um, can't remember the receiver, runs across, I think it actually was Samuel, um, runs across the middle, and St. Juice does a nice job handing off to Holcomb. Holcomb does a good job picking him up in his zone, takes that throw away. Later in the practice, I was watching Jamin Davis, and I didn't get a chance to watch him a lot. And I don't want to, don't like, what I don't like is saying something about a guy and then people take it and extrapolate it as if, oh, one play defines this guy. One play never defines a guy in practice. This is a chance to learn. So there was one play in practice where Davis was on, I think it was J.D. McKissick, comes out of the backfield, and it was, it looked like he was covering man to man. And then for some reason, he let him go. And I don't know if he thought like it was a man, uh, it was a zone. Um, it was clearly man coverage. So there was a bust on his part. After the play, though, Jack Del Rio pulls him aside, talks to him for a few minutes. I didn't see that kind of mess up again from Davis, but I didn't watch him enough. So again, don't take it to, to mean that how his whole day went. I don't know. I know what happened on that one play. I know it. I know they pulled him over to get it corrected right away. So let's see how he handles it the next time. Let's go back to Harris because I think, you know, it's kind of fun to watch him. I think guys respond well to him. But anyways, I also think, like I said, he puts things out right away. So there was one time where he wanted William Jackson to be patient. He told him to slow down, slow down. So, you know, just as far as like getting out, getting into a drop or maybe being a little bit more patient with his own coverage with his eyes. And, you know, then he, um, again, a couple of plays later, I saw Jackson be a little bit more patient in his zone. But the big play that Jackson made that I wanted to point out, and there was a third and three situation. He's up on McLaurin on the outside in what looks to be press coverage. McLaurin thinks it's press coverage based on the way he comes off the ball. Throws a, tries to 
Do a little stutter step, throws the move, cuts inside. But it wasn't man, it was not man coverage. It was zone. And I give Jackson a lot of credit because he handled it well, stays outside. Wentz reads man as well, throws to the running back coming out of the flat, Brian Robinson. But because of how Jackson played that zone coverage, they didn't give anything away. And he was there to make the play. It would not have been a first down. Assuming he makes the tackle. Just a nice play by by um, Jackson. Again, I think there's, you know, he needs to step it up this year as a zone corner. So they need to see a lot more from him in zone and working. Some of that is patience. Some of that is confidence. Uh, just in being able to maybe trust what you're reading and also know what you have to read. But I think those are some areas that that jumped out to me. So there you go. That's my practice report from day one. I'll be back on Thursday with another practice report. Again, episode number 400. That's a big thanks to you because if you're not listening or watching now, then I'm not doing a podcast. So thank you very much. I'll talk to you next time.